On today's show, the Tyson Berry trade talk is heating up, and apparently there might be some more Preds defenders on the block. Plus, Connor Bedard and the Blackhawks host the Nashville Predators. What's the key to that win? And a special Tuesday plus minus on today's Locked on Predators podcast. Your Locked on Predators, your daily podcast on the Nashville Predators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making the Locked On Predators podcast your first listen of the day. Every single day, we are your free daily Nashville Predators podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, want to start out with a special shout out to our loyal Locked On Predheads out there, the everydayers who tune into every single show. We love you guys and we appreciate the support you give us week in and week out. I'm Nick Morgan. I'm a writer at Penalty Box Radio, and I have a partner in crime. You do. I'm Ann Kimmel. I'm a writer at The Hockey News. Uh, today's episode also brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked on NHL for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Uh, we have some special Tuesday plus minus coming up today with the highs and lows of Preds hockey. But let's start out with an early plus. And you're on Penalty Box Radio. Last I, night, you, you crossed over to our side. I did. And you know something, you know that I love Penalty Box Radio and all the PBR people. Y'all are so delightful. Uh, and I did. I got to join Alex on uh, 102.5 to talk hockey last night, which was super fun. So thank you to Penalty Box Radio for having me. Y'all are delightful. We are delightful. You are delightful. Yeah, yeah. we we. that's that's our biggest selling point is we are your slogan. delightful people. Uh, we're delightful uh one of the big topics you talked about and i believe there's some clips from the show that alex is uh getting out on the pbr socials this morning uh is the latest on tyson berry of course we know over the weekend talked about this briefly yesterday almost forgot about it that's how much kind of tells you how much uh everything happened this weekend uh, you know, the latest, of course, you know, Tyson Berry reports that he has been given permission to seek a trade from the Nashville Predators with Scratch for both of their contests this weekend. Apparently, there might be more coming down the pipeline on the 32 Thoughts podcast yesterday. Elliot Friedman also mentions that it might not just be Barry whose spot uh, is up for grabs. Also mentioned that... Dante Fabro and or Alexander Carrier could potentially be moved as well. Of course, Carrier not now because he's injured, but something to keep in mind as we go through this season, Anne. Yeah, I don't know how I feel about this on a couple of levels. I do think the Tyson Berry situation is unfolding in a way that is very interesting, in a way to kind of keep your eye on because. Like Alex said last night, if this was something that the Nashville Predators were actively uh, starting, it seems like there really wouldn't have been a word about it. They just would have gone ahead and traded him. So it feels like it it feels like you can infer that this is a conversation that perhaps Tyson Berry initiated saying, hey, like I see that that I'm not a long term piece here. 
And I don't think you have to be Scooby-Doo driving the mystery machine to understand that, just where the predators are, they're in a rebuild, they're focusing on youth. So I don't think you have to, you know, sleuth this out. Um, but it does seem like perhaps this was something that Tyson Berry said, hey, you know what, if we are planning on parting ways, it's probably better that we go ahead and start some conversations about it and do it maybe sooner rather than later. Yeah. Unfortunate that it comes at the same time that Alex Carrier gets injured, but also think that maybe that just provided more information for Tyson Berry to say, yeah, I'm definitely not your guy. You know, the minute that Carrier went down with injury, what did the Predators do? They didn't say, hey, Tyson Berry, we need you to jump up in the top four. They called Milwaukee and said, can you send us Spencer Stasny? So, yeah. you know, I think there's little details in this where this isn't just maybe necessarily like the Predators saying, hey, we got a great trade request. We're going to go ahead and do it. I think maybe there's a little bit more going on, perhaps. I, I think you're probably hit the nail on the head here. And the other thing to keep in mind is, you know, with, with Barry Trotz, it seems like he's going to want to prioritize playing the young players more right. and seeing what he has in them. Right. And that's why maybe you look at what happened, you know, Spencer Stastny coming in and getting, you know, a bigger role, you know, maybe that's sort of the thing. And Tyson Berry is just there to kind of be like, you know, good locker room piece and good sort of bottom piece to support these young players playing in a bigger role. And maybe that's also the thing that, you know, Barry Trotz is mentioning too, where it's, you know, Hey, like, you know, if we're not going to use this guy, he's, he could be a good trade piece. Let's see what we have. So um, like, it, it's one of those things in where, where nobody has really come out and said, Oh, it was Tyson Barry that came out and asked for a trade. Correct. No one said that yet. Also, no one's just said the predators have come out and said, Hey, look, we're, we're not playing you go seek a Correct. trade somewhere. Right. But you could understand, that. you could understand either way. And again, um, I think this is probably the foregone conclusion for how Barry's tenure was going to play out. Maybe just yeah. pushed up a, a little bit for circumstances. Let's talk about the other piece of this, Anne, which is the extra nugget uh, from Elliot Friedman in the 32 Thoughts pod podcast yesterday that said Carrier um, and or Fabro could be on the move. He said, to be clear, he said he didn't think all of them, Correct. all defenders would be moved. But uh, what do you think of those two names also being thrown around there? First of all, I think people have mistaken the name Fabro for a rhyme with the word trade because you never hear the word trade without automatically hearing Dante Fabro. I mean, for how many seasons have we heard Dante Fabro trade? I mean, it's just been such a part of the narrative around him over the last almost three seasons. So part of that, I feel like that's just sort of the default guy that everybody says, oh, we could trade him. Carrier, I, you know, with him being injured, it changes any sort of a timeline for that. I'm interested in the thought process behind the idea of trading these guys. Of course, both of them are on one-year deals right now with the Nashville Predators, and both of them are kind of in a prove-it season, yeah. I think, for Barry Trotz. Like, you know, with Alexander Carrier being injured as much as he was last season, I think Trotz wanted to get a, a look at what does he bring healthy of course, he's injured now, but I think we've gotten to see some from Carrier. And I think, you know, I know Dante Fabro was a healthy scratch for some games there. 
But this is a guy who has had a really good season for the Nashville Predators. He has been a solid defenseman. I think he looks fantastic when he plays with Roman Yossi, which doesn't seem like that's really what Andrew Burnett is going to go for long term. I don't know. This tells me a couple things. It tells me that Nashville feels pretty confident in their defensive depth that they have in the system. If they would be willing to trade two of those three. Um, but I, I just, I don't, I would be surprised if two of the three were traded. Obviously, I think the writing may be on the wall with Tyson Berry. I don't know that Nashville's ready to pull the trigger on Fabro or Carrier quite yet. Because they still have some development to do with some of these, uh, they and they do have some great, you know, defensive talent in the system. It's less Fabro than Carrier to me. That would be the surprise because Carrier, I think, has come in has sort of played this shutdown role Gosh, uh, yeah. with Jeremy Lazan. Uh, you know, I think the only reason Carrier would be on there is maybe he would attract a bigger piece. Correct. Maybe the Preds could do more with a trade for him. Um, you know, and the Dante Fabro situation, it, it just, you know, it, it's, it's one of those things where it feels like he could be a project for another team at this point. Um, because clearly it just doesn't seem like the Preds are that invested in him anymore at that point. If he's, you know, starts the season out of the lineup, comes in, plays well, uh, and then becomes a healthy scratch, uh, behind Spencer Stastny, uh, which is, you know, important to point out that Stastny was in the lineup instead of, you know, Fabro. Uh, and Luke Shen, who they clearly want to try to get going. So, you know, we kind of mentioned it this season when, you know, they signed those one-year contracts and, you know, there's a lot of players up front that signed one-year deals as well. This kind of felt like the, like the third and fourth episodes of American Idol where everybody's been invited from Hollywood, <laughs> uh, but the, like the big contest where America votes hasn't really started yet. They're just kind of sorting out who the top 20? 25? I don't know. I, I can't remember. stopped watching American Idol in 2005 or whatever it was. Yeah. Uh, peaked with Carrie Underwood. Um, <laughs> you know, you know, however many are left. It, it kind of feels like what this season is and what the situation is for the Nashville Predators is just trying to sort out uh, right. who's somebody that we can kind of envision a future for here. Uh, who's somebody that maybe is a good player, but just we don't want to really invest in that seems like the Dante Fabro category right now and and you know take it from there but but yeah. yeah there's more work to do on the blue line kind of sorting out what's going to happen this season but also what do they envision two seasons from now there's still a lot of work going on on that blue line there needs to be a lot of work Less. let's be honest here <laughs> uh predators take on the chicago blackhawks tonight quick preview of that can the preds stop connor bedard yet again like they did last time plus a special tuesday plus minus including what the college football playoff fiasco has to do with the stanley cup playoffs we'll get into that in just one second but first I want to mention today's episode is brought to you by indeed you know how when you're putting your fantasy team together you can pick and choose the bright players for your team go through their stats put together a mega team that'll take on any other team out there don't you wish you could do the same thing with your business 
If you're building a roster to win your league, you need Indeed. Indeed is the hiring platform where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place so you don't have to spend hours on multiple job sites looking for candidates with the right skills. You can find talent fast with Indeed's powerful suit of hiring tools like Indeed Instant Match assessments and virtual interviews. And if you hate waiting, Indeed data shows over 80% of Indeed employers find quality candidates whose resume on Indeed matches their job description the moment they sponsor a job. Indeed knows when you're growing your business, you have to make every dollar count. That's why with Indeed, you only pay for quality applications that match your must-have job requirements. So visit Indeed.com slash locked on to start hiring now. Again, go to Indeed.com slash locked on. If you need it again, that's Indeed.com slash locked on. Terms and conditions apply. Cost per application pricing not available for everybody. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. All right, and Predators take on the Chicago Blackhawks tonight in the Windy City, the Madhouse on Madison, the insert other nickname for the place United where the Blackhawks play. Yeah, the the dojo that Bajard builds mojoed. <laughs> the the dwelling that Chelios lived in adding uh, i don't know yeah. anyway hey the prince play the chicago blackhawks tonight uh the predators need a nice division win yeah. struggled a little bit on the road this season and they're going to a uh blackhawks you know place that is re-energized with the Connor bedard hype uh how do you see this one going tonight this is one of those games where I feel like Nashville has an opportunity to come in and use this game to continue to refine some things. Don't come into this game like with the Minnesota flat thing. We can't have another one of those against Chicago because, you know, Chicago's record is not terrific, but they do have enough weapons where they could make you pay for that. So for me, I think this could be a game where if Nashville comes in, they've had a, you know, a day in between their back-to-back -back for recovery and to kind of break down what they did in Buffalo and takeaways from the Rangers a little bit more. This is a game where they can maybe take a little bit of a step forward against the Blackhawks. If they can hit the ice with a quick start and get to their game quickly, this would be a really good game for them to sort of see some progress in little areas. So for me, this is an opportunity. This is not a game you want to lose if you're the Nashville Predators because you have built momentum over those, you know, that six game win streak, lost some with that really tough game against Minnesota that was like woof from start to finish. Played well against um, the New York Rangers. I thought the Predators looked really competitive against the Rangers. Got a win in Buffalo in a different way. Keep that momentum. And, and this is a game where they could do that. They could grow a little bit in this game. So for me, I'm really looking for them to get a quick start, get to their game early, and just make little improvements on their things like execution. So that's what I'm hoping for. Yeah, and they're going to get a Black Oaks team that is absolutely kind of I don't want to say in free fall, but they are just kind it's of tough. a mess right now. Connor Bedard, um, you know, getting a little bit hotter, but clearly I think you're starting to see, you know, as good as, you know, the highlight reel plays have been for him. 
Um, you know, there's clearly, you know, also parts of his game that you can tell just isn't there quite yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, minus 14 this season. Uh, and, you know, look, we know plus minus isn't the end all be all for stats, but it's also a good sign that, hey, he's out there when a lot of goals are being scored. Are scored. And I think it's, you know, we all heard what happened, you know, to Corey Perry not being uh, on there anymore, but also kind of lost in that is that Taylor Hall is also done for the season. So now a lot of these veterans that you brought in, not only to help Connor Bedard kind of get accustomed to the NHL, but also to take kind of some of the two-way pressure off of, you know, his shoulders, they're both gone now. And I think there's more responsibility that's landed on Bedard's shoulders and we're starting to see, you know, signs of an 18, 19 year old with that much responsibility. Like, yeah, they're going to look really good. They're going to score some amazing goals, make some amazing plays, but they're also going to make some mistakes against more experienced players. Uh, so I would imagine that's, you know, going to be a job for uh, Philip Forsberg and company, you know, to kind of be out there tonight against Bedard. That this is this is a matchup that if you're Forsberg and Ryan O'Reilly, you're absolutely licking your lips. Oh yeah, and you have to remember back on November 18th when the Predators hosted the Chicago Blackhawks, who was the player who really did a great job containing Connor Bedard, and that was Jeremy Lazan. Yeah, Jeremy Lazan played a fantastic game against Connor Bedard, who you could see in that game really thinks the game at a higher level. And Jeremy Lazan interrupted a lot of opportunities that Bedard was trying to create. So I do want to say that that's a player I'm definitely keeping my eye on. Now he is not again paired with Alexander Carrier, which has been a great defensive pairing. So something to sort of keep an eye on. But Jeremy Lazan really did a great job managing Connor Bedard and the potential that he shows. Kevin Lankin was in net for that game. Kevin Lankin was fantastic, made 29 of 31 saves. I suspect we will see Soros tonight. I would be I very agree. surprised if we don't see Soros. He's coming off of just vintage Soros in Buffalo. So I expect we'll see Soros in net tonight. Uh, and like you said, Chicago, they've lost four of their last five. It's been a tough stretch for the Blackhawks. So this is a game that, like you said, you look at Philip Forsberg, you look at Ryan O'Reilly and you say, Hey guys, like, what are you going to do with this opportunity? This is an opportunity for the predators and they would be wise to take advantage of it. So that's what I'm hoping for. Yeah, I agree. And if you're the Nashville Predators, you're looking for players to stay hot too. Uh, A couple of Nashville Predators who have been hot. You're going to have to wait and find out who they are because we're going to talk about them in a special Tuesday edition of (laughs) Plus Minus coming up in just one second. First, I want to let you know today's episode is brought to you by our great friends at Game Time. Look, you should not have to worry when you are buying tickets to your next big event, especially with Christmas coming up. Events and outings, always a great gift. You need to check out Game Time. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for everything from sports, music, comedy, and theater. All these events near us right here in Nashville and in other areas too. Game Time has killer last minute deals. They show all in pricing. They give you views from your seat and they have a best price guarantee. So Game Time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. Look, if you like comedy, Pete Davidson coming to the Ryman this week. 
If you're big into basketball, a great Christmas gift for your basketball fan, the Harlem Globetrotters in Nashville in January. And if you are like me and you love hockey and musical theater, my friends, you can find tickets for Frozen the Musical on Game Time right now. And if you're like me, you may not always know your schedule ahead of time, but that is not a worry with Game Time. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the start of the event, even an hour after it starts. So if you find your schedule open and you want to go, open the Game Time app. It's the place to find the best last minute seats. So take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Go and download the Game Time app, create an account, and use our code Locked On NHL, and you'll get twenty dollars off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code Locked On NHL for twenty dollars off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest prices guaranteed. All right, and let's get to a special Tuesday edition of a plus minus come on we didn't get to do this uh on our monday show because we had two games to recap so we push on it to tuesday and let's start off on a positive note as we always do give us a plus I am going to give a plus to a player that perhaps does not earn as many pluses as some of the other guys. We've talked a lot, you know, several times on plus minus about players like Philip Forsberg, Ryan O'Reilly. I want to give my first plus to Michael McCarron. Michael McCarron, who has been a healthy scratch at times, who is not the guy you look at the Nashville Predators roster and go, ooh, they got Michael McCarron, y'all look out. But Michael McCarron last week had two goals against Pittsburgh Tuesday night. But also, just a shout out for what he does that maybe doesn't show up on your basic score sheet. The line of Tomasino, Cole Smith, and Michael McCarron. When those three players hit the ice, you know something is going to happen. McCarron is creating turnovers. They are interrupting teams who are trying to make a quick transition up the ice. Uh, They're playing defensively pretty well, you know, and Andrew Brunette talked about Michael McCarron after that Pittsburgh game and just said, look, this is a fun guy. He brings life into the locker room. He is an energy guy. He is uh, loyal to his teammates. You know, he got into a fight in that uh, Penguins game because somebody said something about Philip Forsberg. Hmm. Now, I'm not necessarily always an advocate of fighting, but I like that this is a guy who's like, I'm sorry, we're not taking that tonight. Michael McCarron has been a pleasant surprise. He is, as in his own words, has said, I am not going to fake some guy out at the blue line and streak in for a breakaway shot. Yeah, That's not his game. But the game that he plays, he has been playing very well. So for Mm -hmm. me, fat plus to you, Michael McCarron. I am going to go on kind of the same path, and I'm going to give a plus to Yakov Trenin. You know I'm here for that. This is a guy who, at the beginning of the year, we were giving some minuses to because he was snakebitten. 13 yeah. games without a point was wound up being healthy scratched. Uh, since that time, five goals in nine games. Only Philip Forsberg has scored more in that span for the National Predators. And, you know, and we talked about before, you know, he's been scoring, you know, a lot lately. He's been involved in the offense a little bit more. But we talked about it as his, the rest of his play was pretty sound before then. You know, this is a guy that was very good, you know, 
you know, played a good 200 foot game, uh, a top, you know, player in his own net, very good at transitioning. I think we, that's one of the most underrated parts of Yakov Strenin's game is just how good in transition he is. And to me, the scoring is just kind of, you know, the cherry on top, finally getting some reflection of how well he's played this year. Yes. And he also has my favorite goal celebration. Yes. Jumping into the glass. Who does not want to be in the front row and have Yakov Trenin jump in your face? Like it's the just moment so cool. the, the moment the glass breaks is probably when I would not want to be there. No, but Yakov Trenin giggled about the thought of it. Alex Doherty asked him, Do you ever worry the glass breaks? And he said, No, never worried. Be kind of cool if it did. <laughs> I thought, and now we love you more. <laughs> yep. And here comes the lawsuit for that. Let's go. Here's one that actually snaps. Um, and give us a quick minus for me. I'm going to give a minus to a regression game. And, and let me put this in context. I have no problem with a regression game in general. After a six game win streak, obviously, you know, at some point you're not going to finish the season straight through with wins. And, you know, at some point there is going to be a little bit of a step back. But what happened in that Minnesota game was so just regression on steroids. It was so shocking how poorly the team played and that they just never in 60 minutes, they never recovered. And for me, that was kind of a, a gut check game for the Nashville Predators. Not that they're not truly the talented team that won six games in a row, because that's, you know, that's who they are as well. But I think it showed that there is still a little bit of growing that needs to happen and a little more experience that needs to happen with this Nashville Predators team when they learning how to handle wins, learning how to still continue to prep for games. There's a lot of storyline floating around against, you know, about that Minnesota game, but they just came out flat and couldn't ever get to it. So that for me was a minus. I don't have a problem with a regression game. The the extent of regression in that game, I think really for me was a gut check. Like, yeah, this is a team that's still growing. This is a team that still has to do some maturing because that was catastrophic regression. Yeah. Uh, I guess the minus would be towards former Preds coaches. Seriously, <laughs> yeah, Come in and stomp the Nashville Predators. And then you had Peter Laviolette come in. Yes. And stomp the Nashville Predators. Uh, and I am giving my last plus to the Stanley Cup playoffs. Oh, come on. Why are we talking about playoffs uh, in December? You may wonder. Look, the Stanley Cup playoffs aren't perfect. There's probably the format needs tweaking. Uh, the division format has kind of gotten a little bit stale. But let me tell you why I have some new appreciation for the Stanley Cup playoffs. Imagine, Anne, if the Florida Panthers go on, you know, a run the second half of the season and win the President's Trophy. Yes. What would your reaction be if the NHL owners got together and decided, <laughs> you know what? Good job, Panthers. But the Boston Bruins actually, we think, are the better team overall. So they're going to get the President's Trophy this year. And they're also going to get the number one seed in the Stanley Cup playoffs. 
what would the, would the reaction wouldn't be good, right? No, sir. Let's say um, by all intents and purposes, the, the Vancouver Canucks wind up making the Stanley Cup playoffs despite losing a couple of key players. They survive injuries, they find ways, and they get that eight spot in the wild card. Mm-hmm. What happens if the NHL owners get together and say, you know what? You made the playoffs, but you have no chance of winning the cup without Elias Pettersson on that roster, without Quinn Hughes. So we're actually going to take you out and the Edmonton Oilers, who finished 10th, but have a healthy uh, Connor McDavid, they're going to take your spot. They're going to be the eighth playoff team. Uh, Imagine if the Vegas Golden Knights met the Colorado Avalanche. In the Western Conference Finals, Colorado has the better record. They have that critical home ice advantage. And the NHL owners step in and say, you know what? We know you have the better record, but you had to play Arizona in the first round. And that was a weak matchup. And the Vegas Golden Knights, they had to beat the LA Kings, who are on a tear. So they had the more impressive second round matchup. They're going to get home ice advantage instead. Imagine if any of that happened. I'm well, real. Well, that's what happens in the college football playoff committee. Yes. Uh, look, we've we've the you've probably seen enough ranting and raving on this on social media to know exactly the point we're going to make. But the committee has, you know, it's it's become a thing in which, you know bias plays a role and i'm not talking about ah it's the sec bias or anything like that no but there's bias in what makes somebody one of the four best teams for instance you may look at florida state and be like ah yeah they don't have jordan travis they're not a good team someone else may look at them and say oh wow they they won a championship without their starting quarterback look look at this last you know run they did Somebody else may look at a team steamrolling a weak conference and go, yeah, but they steamrolled a weak conference. Uh, And, uh, you know, but that same person may look at a, you know, a team, a one loss team from a stronger conference, but lost, you know, or, you know, lost their game close or, you know, only won games by, you know, four or five points and think that's more impressive or somebody else be like, oh, no, look how they beat up all their conference opponents. This is the fundamental flaw in having people decide mm-hmm. what constitutes one of the best teams. So that's why I have extra appreciation for the Stanley Cup playoffs, because there is zero doubt by the end of the year who is the most deserving team to lift the cup because they let the games speak for themselves. If you think you're a playoff team, then prove it by having one of the eight best records in your conference if you think that you're better like if you're the three seed and you think you're better than the number one seed then prove it by going on the road and beating them in a seven game series if you think you're the best team in college football don't let a bunch of writers and you know university owners tell you that you know you're the best team go out there and win 16 games in the toughest environment and this is true for the NFL, the MLB, the NBA, the NHL, MLS, who we're not going to talk about FC Cincinnati's loss. It's too soon. They let the games decide 
who's the best. Yes. It's not figure skating. You don't, there's no style points. Mm-mm. You simply go out there and if you think you're the best, you win and you march the way to the trophy. And I have so much more appreciation for that after seeing what's been going on for college football for literally the last eight years. Yeah. There's no judge of, you know, style points. There is no bias into what makes a good team a good team. You just go out there on the ice and let the results speak for themselves. And we need more of that in sports. And I cannot wait for an extended college football playoff so we do not have to deal with this stupid nonsense anymore. (laughs) Yep. There are very few times that we're going to be like, man, did the NHL nail it? But the NHL nailed it with Stanley Cup Finals. Let's go. They didn't really have to do much, but, you know, kudos to them. Um, Yeah. That is going to be it for us today on today's Locked on Predators podcast. Thank you for making us your first listen of the day. We'll have Blackhawks recap tomorrow. Stay tuned. We'll see you then.